here with the Books with Brooks monthly book club podcast. We read one book a month and then we talk about it. Our book this month, December 2021, was a holiday murder mystery. That's right. We read Agatha Christie's Hercule Poirot's Christmas. Uh, today is going to be kind of a short episode. It's a holiday week and everyone is relaxing, so I don't have a guest on today. You're just going to hear from me. We're going to just talk a little bit about this book and a little bit about Agatha Christie. And at the end of the episode, be sure to stick around because I will be announcing our book for January 2022. So exciting. All right. I don't know about you guys, but I... When we picked this book, I was like, I'm not sure I've ever read Agatha Christie. And then the more that I thought about that and the more that I learned about her, the more insane it became because she, Agatha Christie is like, she's just absolutely prolific. Um, She's a prolific writer of the modern age. And she, apparently her claim to fame is that she is the most widely published author of all time, outsold only by the Bible and Shakespeare. The Guinness World Records lists Christie as the best-selling fiction writer of all time, having sold more than 2 billion copies of her books. She wrote 66 detective novels, 14 short story collections. Uh, her biggest characters are Hercule Poirot, who we'll talk about, and Miss Marple. And she actually also wrote the world's longest running play, which is called The Mousetrap, um, performed in the West End in London from 1952 up until the start of the pandemic in 2020. What the crap. And then she also wrote six novels under a pseudonym, Mary Westmacott. She was born on September 15th, 1890. And um, here's a Wikipedia story that I really liked about her. So in 1926, her first husband, Archie, asked her for a divorce. He was in love with another woman, someone named Nancy Neal. And the very next day, Agatha Christie went missing and this massive manhunt ensued to look for her. It was huge news, involved like a thousand police officers and 15,000 volunteers and several airplanes. And 10 days later, they found her staying at a spa in London under the surname Neil, which was her husband's lover. <laughs> Love that. Love that for her. And then later she went on to marry an archaeologist who was 13 years younger than her, which I also love. And archaeology, I think, plays a really big theme in a lot of her books. And that's how she learned about it. Um, She was, like, into archaeology herself. She, like, went on a dig in, like, Egypt, met her future husband. It became, like, a big part of her life. So, so interesting. Really interesting person. Fascinating, prolific writer. Um, I'm, like, ashamed that I haven't read more of them. I I don't think that this genre is my genre in general. Um, Like... I don't know. It's funny because I feel like this like murder mystery genre is different from like the modern like gone girl murder mysteries that we read, which are much more like psychological thrillers than they are like, you know, like murder detective novels. I just it's not really for me. And I'll tell you why. And this book did it, too. Um, It's because like I always know that the solution, like the answer when the crime is solved is going to be so bizarre 
and specific and like weird and like it's going to involve some gadgetry and like a bunch of stuff you never thought about before. There's just no way to figure it out. Basically, you're really just reading the you're along for the ride. You're not part of the mystery is sort of how I feel about it. And I know that plenty of people will probably disagree with me and that's totally fair. But I just like I didn't find myself trying to solve this mystery because I just knew I wouldn't be able to like the answer was going to be something so outrageous. I couldn't have thought of it as the reader. And that's kind of the point. And I just don't think that's as fun as like, you know, like a Gone Girl or like another, I don't know, like some of the modern books we read, like you can figure them out. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think that means that like, you have been given the tools as the reader to solve the mystery, which I think you should be. And that just doesn't seem to happen in these books. And maybe it does in some of them. But in this particular one, that didn't happen. Um, and I won't do spoilers because this is a short episode and I want people to read this book. So I'm not going to tell you what happens. But all I'll say is that you're not going to see it coming. <laughs> and even after you read it, you're still probably going to be like, what? Because <laughs> a lot of us were. But all of that being said, um, we held our book club two weeks ago or last week. It was virtual. We also made it into a virtual murder mystery um, party, which was really fun. And it was called Poison on the Polar Express. And we had to figure out who had poisoned Santa on the Polar Express. Proud to say that I figured it out, which I'm sure seemed like cheating, but I'm sh I promise I didn't cheat. It was truly just a lucky guess. Um but everyone liked the book. Well, maybe not everyone, but most people did, including myself. I did enjoy it. It was great to read Agatha Christie. She's obviously an amazing writer. It was this insane, fun cast of characters. It really, if you've seen the movie Knives Out, we talked about this a lot at book club, it basically mirrors exactly the movie Knives Out. So you get all of the murder mystery detective tropes that you love that are really famous. Um you know, they interview everybody one by one and everyone is suspicious. And where were you on the night of the murder? And like, it just hits all of those points, uh, which is really fun. The edition that I read is a first edition Harper paperback published in 2011. Um, there are 37, I counted them, I think I'm right, 37 Hercule Poirot novels. Um, Hercule Poirot's Christmas, this book, uh, comes in at number 19. So it's like right in the middle. And... Yeah, I, I I mean, most most people liked this book. I did get a little bit bored in the middle. I felt like once the murder happened, it was just sort of a lot of like waiting around in information. And there was not a lot of like additional action, which is probably typical again of this genre. I found it like a little bit boring. Um, the story revolves around the Lee family who's and the dad of the family like the patriarch his name is Simeon he's really mean he's nobody likes him he's like this big mean rich dad and he lives in his big manor house and his oldest son in there and the son's wife live there too and he just like bosses them around but for Christmas this particular year he asked all of his children who are like sort of flung you know to the winds to come home for the holidays for the first time in a really really long time and obviously tensions run really high. There are really suspicious servants running around named Horbury and Tresillian. 
and also a long lost niece who comes from Spain that no one has ever met. And also the son of Simeon's former business partner in South Africa shows up unexpectedly. So there's literally like 15 people in the house who could have potentially committed the murder. Uh, of course, you know, you got to have a lot of suspects, right? And then the police are involved and it just turns out that Hercule Poirot was like having dinner with like the constable that night. And when they get the call about the murder, and of course, this is a big deal. It's kind of a small town. This guy was like the richest guy in town. They have to like immediately like go and solve this murder, even though it's Christmas. Um, I want to read quickly the dedication at the front of this book. It's in my version. I don't know if it's in every edition, but I just thought it <laughs> struck a really fun tone to kick the book off and also gets gives us a little glimpse into maybe Agatha Christie's like personality a little bit. And I really liked it. So it says, <clears throat> my dear James, you have always been one of the most faithful and kindly of my readers, and I was therefore seriously perturbed when I received word from you, well, when I received from you a word of criticism. You complained that my murders were getting too refined, anemic, in fact. You yearned for a good, violent murder with lots of blood, a murder where there was no doubt about its being a murder. So this is your special story written for you. I hope it may please your affectionate sister-in-law, Agatha. So I just, I feel like it's so sassy, this little note. Really cute. Sets us up for a really violent and bloody Christmas murder. <laughs> Which is just exactly what you want, I think, when you pick up a book like this. So really fun. I love that forward. Um, the first sentence is... Stephen pulled up the collar of his coat as he walked briskly along the platform. And I like that first sentence too. I think it evokes a lot of really strong visuals and um, um, emotion and action. He's pulling up the collar of, of his coat. He's walking briskly along the platform. You can really picture it like he's on this train platform and the steam is billowing and he's, he's in a hurry and he's suspicious, right? He's pulling up the collar like... For me, that set the tone really well. It goes on to say, Overhead, a dim fog clouded the station. Large engines hissed superbly, throwing off clouds of steam into the cold, raw air. Everything was dirty and smoke-grimed. I mean, this is like, you know, we're in London. We're in grimy London town. <laughs> I love it. I think it's a really fun um, start to the book. I think... A couple of more criticisms that I have. Um, while this was really enjoyable, there were so many characters that they couldn't be properly developed. You didn't, they were hard to keep track of, especially the wives. She often, and I'm sure that this is a sign of the times, she would often refer to the wives as Mrs. Their Husband's Name. Um, so it was really hard to keep track of them. Um, there were like four of them and they were all, which I appreciated, they're all really different from each other and described really differently. Like one of them was really young and very like fancy and dressed in really like elaborate, exquisite clothing. One of them was like described as like kind of stout, like and matronly, like they were all really different. And then of course the niece from Spain was very, very beautiful and like very young and just like very vivacious. Um, so they were all really different, but it was just hard to keep track of them because of the, above what they were called. Like we only heard their names. Lydia, um, was one of them. 
Magdalene, Hilda. Their names weren't used that that often, which was kind of weird. The other part that I want to read is on page 79. So this is a scene in the sort of beginning of the book where Hercule Poirot is together with like the constable. Oh, Colonel Johnson is his name. And um, there's like, they're basically debating whether or not there are more murders at Christmas time or fewer murders at Christmas time. And Colonel Johnson thinks like, oh no, it's Christmas time. Like everyone's on their best behavior. It's a season of love and giving. Like there shouldn't be any murders at Christmas. And <laughs> Hercule Poirot says, I am pointing out to you that under these conditions, mental strain, physical malaise, it is highly probable that dislikes that were before merely mild and disagreements that were trivial might suddenly assume a more serious character. The result of pretending to be a more amiable, a more forgiving, a more high-minded person than one really is, has sooner or later the effect of causing one to behave as a more disagreeable, a more ruthless, and an altogether more unpleasant person than is actually the case. If you dam the stream of natural behavior, mon ami, sooner or later the dam bursts and a cataclysm occurs. So he's, Hercule, Hercule Poirot is basically arguing that at Christmas, like, people are more prone to commit murder. And I think that's, like, a really funny debate to, like, start this book off with. And is obviously highly relevant. We all just went through the holidays, many of us with our families. Like, I think we can all relate. And I don't know which way you go. Um, but it's just kind of funny. And I do think, I didn't look up crime statistics, but I do think there's more murders during the holidays. I think Hercule Poirot is right. <laughs> that's like kind of depressing but also like kind of funny and gives us a little insight into human nature um i asked about like people's favorite characters like what did people think of the ending and again it was just kind of it's kind of kind of hard to pick a favorite character i really liked tresillian the like butler guy i really liked a couple of the wives um I felt like we didn't get, a, honestly, a lot from Hercule Poirot. Like, we don't get any backstory on him, which I guess, again, like, this is book number 19. You're probably not supposed to pick this up as the first one you ever read. But he was, like, he was just kind of always listening. And I don't feel like we got a ton of information about him until the very end where, of course, he elaborately solves the crime and only he could have known and, like, figured it out. And he just explains it to everyone. But for the most part, like he wasn't a super active character. Um, and then of course there's that trope of like, you know, he knows, but he's not going to give anything away until the very end. So you just, I don't know. I like, I don't really know anything about Hercule Poirot or like his motivations or like what he's into. I don't, I didn't learn anything about him really. So it probably would be good to read more books about him because I'm sure there's a lot more to his story. But overall, a super fun book for the holidays, um, a really cool murder mystery. I am honored to have gotten to experience some Agatha Christie. I suspect there will be more from her in my reading future, and I am really looking forward to that. And now I would love to introduce our book for 2022. Um, this book was actually suggested by my friend Julie. Um, shout out to Julie. Uh, it is a nonfiction book, which I think you all know is not my favorite genre. 
I really am a reader of fiction. So I had been wanting to choose a nonfiction book for a while, but I kind of didn't know what to pick. I didn't have any great ideas because I just am not existing in that world very much. And Julie suggested this one. And I thought, okay, this is a great one for the start of 2022. It might help us like change some perspectives, build new habits. Um, this book is written by a social psychologist, a doctor named Devin Price, and it's called Laziness Does Not Exist. This book explores the psychological underpinnings of the laziness lie and is filled with practical and accessible advice for overcoming society's pressure to do more. I think we can all probably <laughs> relate to the pressure to do more and to always be hustling, she says into her podcast that she does on the side purely for fun and enjoyment. Um, so I'm really excited to read this book. I hope you will all join in. We will be back at the end of January to discuss. In the meantime, happy reading and happy new year. Books with Brooks is produced by Mo Barrow with theme music by Jonathan Allen. Books with Brooks is part of the Press Play Podcast Network, which empowers hosts to create high-quality professional shows that inspire and entertain. If you've been dreaming of hosting your own podcast, we can help. Email us at content at pressplaypodcast.com to get started today. Music